Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And remember, if you are making travel plans, check johnnydollarair.com first. johnnydollarair.com is our Priceline affiliate link. So, part of your purchase price goes to support the great detectives of old-time radio at no additional cost to you. So, remember, when making your travel plans, check johnnydollarair.com first. Well, now it is time for us to bring you episodes 3, 4, and 5 of the Todd Matter. The original air dates, January 11th to January 13th, 1956. Let's go ahead and take a listen. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Dr. King, Police Emergency Hospital. You left word for me to call you, Mr. Dollar? Yes, sir. I'm with Sergeant Mapes. Has there been any change in Miss Tierney's condition? No, sir. No, none. Do you think she'll make it, Doctor? Hard to say right now. Sometimes they rally. Sometimes not at all. Doctor, it's very important that we see her. I don't know whether to do any good, Mr. Dollar. We want to question her. Yes, I know, I know. Well, why don't you and Sergeant Mapes come on over to the hospital? All right, sir, we'll be right there. <laughs> Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. <laughs> expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Four State Insurance Company, Wilmington, Delaware. The following is an accounting of expenditures incurred during my investigation of the Todd matter, the burglary that resulted in a shooting. On a tip from an ex-convict named Orrin Vance, I came to New York to question one Gloria Tierney. My information was that she had in her possession an expensive mink coat, part of a $75,000 burglary at the Todd home on Long Island. Gloria Tierney was shot and seriously wounded by an unknown gunman before I was able to question her about the coat. A description of her assailant and how she had obtained the coat were still to be ascertained when Sergeant Dan Mapes and I arrived on the second floor of emergency hospital. Mr. Dollar? Yes. Oh, I'm Dr. King. Oh, yes, this is Sergeant Mapes. How do you do? Has she managed to talk yet, Doctor? No, and she may not. I see. Now, before we go in, I hope both of you will carefully frame only your most pertinent questions. Two minutes is about all I can give you with her. Sure, Doctor. Uh, oh, better put your cigarettes out in that. Oh, oh yeah. Ego facultate nihi ab apostolia sede tributa indulgentiam plenarium et remissionem omnium peccatorem tibi concedo. Father Deering wanted in his word. Yeah. et spiritus sancti. Amen. All right, Father? Yes. Hmm. <sighs> Is she conscious? Just a minute. Yes? She can hear you, I'm sure. You want to go ahead? Uh, I suppose so. Has to be official. Are you Gloria Tierney? 
Is Gloria Tierney your name? Do you understand that you're seriously hurt? Do you understand that? Can you tell us how you came about these injuries, Miss Tierney? Miss Tierney. Bill. Bill. Bill shot you? Yes. What is Bill's full name? Where can we find him? Bill. Where can we find him? Who is he? (coughs) Doctor? Watch out. Nurse, hand me the hypo. Quick! Might help. Sorry, fellows. Nothing more I could do. Gloria Tierney died at 3.35 in the afternoon without revealing the full name of the man who had shot her the night before. Expense account item seven, six bucks, drinks. Myself and Sergeant Mapes. Well, we're sure of two things. Are we? Yeah. His name's Bill. And this is the worst whiskey I ever tasted. Uh, there ought to be a law. I think there is, Sergeant. I'm going to ask you something, baby. Outside of the fact that that girl up there died a few minutes ago and was wearing a stolen mink worth $11,000 that you've been wanting to get your hands on, what about her? How does it strike you? She looked like a nice girl. Yeah. She looked like the best kind of girl ever made. What else? What would someone like that be doing in a stolen mink coat? Exactly. What would she be doing with a stolen mink coat? Outside of having herself a time with a guy named Bill who gave it to her. You call that having herself a time? (laughs) I'd like to get drunk. Every bum in town's named Bill. (sighs) This is bad. Terrible. Worst stuff I ever drank. You can say that again, baby. Worst stuff I ever drank. Waiter. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Bring us two more of the same. Only make them double. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. <laughs> I'm glad to see you aren't fussy, Dolly. Not a bit. Not a lousy bit. You know, I looked at you when you came in my office and I said to myself, I got a wiseacre on my hands. Huh? I got a wheeling, dealing wiseacre who's got himself a little tip and he's going to keep it all to himself. I said, why do I have to put up with this kind of trouble? Why don't I just toss this bum in the cooler and go about my business? I'm a copper. I got work to do. Why fool with an insurance stick, I said. (laughs) But I'm very happy to see you aren't a fussy fella, baby. Very happy. All right, you made a speech, now I'll make one. Go ahead. 
Well, I stood in a hospital room and I watched a human being die. Oh, it's part of my job, part of your job, too. But for myself, I don't like it. If I have to go into why every man's death diminishes me, I'm going to fall all over myself because I never could go into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I'll say this. That girl that died in there was... Well, she was the kind of girl I could have kept right on scene. Yes, I'd like very much to have knocked on her door almost any old night. Sergeant, I would have liked that more than I can tell you. She wore a stolen mink coat, remember? I remember, I remember. But I can sit here and feel bad about it, can I? You sure can. I'll feel bad with you. Eh, Look at them early eaters, Dollar. Coming in to drink their dinners. Don't change the subject. I have to. We got work to do, pal. Yeah. Here we are, gentlemen. Oh, as long as it's here. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers yourself. (coughs) Oh, there ought to be a law. You said that. I remained with Sergeant Mapes the rest of the day as he continued his investigation of the death of Gloria Tierney and the Todd burglary. The apartment where she'd lived finally yielded some information. Here. Here it is. Letters from Robert J. Tierney in Riverside, California. Looks like her father, maybe. Yeah. I'll have the business office down at headquarters notify him. Hey, what's this? Huh? Picture. Mm-hmm. Nice-looking guy. Yeah. Love Bill. <laughs> he loved her, all right. Anybody identified this yet? That uh, Mrs. Stromberg's supposed to be here right now. What time you got? Half past. She said she'd be here at six. Hey, Sergeant, did you get anything on the bullets? Well, they didn't check with anything in our lab. Ballistic says it was an Army Colt, old model. Pretty good for killing. And what gun isn't? Yeah, you're right. Hello? Oh, hello, Mrs. Stromberg. We've been waiting for you. Come in. Hello? Hello, Mr. Dollar. Hi. Do I have to answer any more questions? Oh, a couple, if you don't mind. I'm just all worn out. I can't get over this terrible thing happening to Gloria. Did you ever find out about her family? We're going to contact them right now. Seems they live in Riverside, California. Yes. Yes, I believe that's what she said. I want to ask you one question, Mrs. Stromberg. Take a look at this picture. Yes. Do you know him? Oh, yes, that's Bill. The man Gloria Tierney's been going out with these last few months? Yes. The man who drives the black Cadillac? Yes, the Cadillac. Oh, I wish I could tell you his full name. Did he do this terrible thing? It looks like it, Mrs. Stromberg. Oh, dear. Have you arrested him yet? We haven't found him yet. Well, I hope you do. I hope you clear this up. I left word for the office to get me here. What about her things? Hello. Her family will probably take charge as soon as they're contacted. Oh, that poor girl. That poor girl. So alone now. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Stromberg, did Gloria Tierney ever mention to you that she'd been married? Married? Gloria? Yeah. Why, no, she never mentioned it. Was she? Married in the state of New York in 1951. Divorced in 1953. Routine check of vital statistics. What was her husband's name? Bill. Bill Powers. Sergeant Mapes requested immediate file checks on William B. Powers, the ex-husband of Gloria Tierney. From it, he learned he had no criminal record in the state of New York. His home address was up in Westchester County, one of the suburbs of the big city. I drove out there with Sergeant Mapes. Oh, what's this all about? 
Do you know a woman named Gloria Tierney, Mr. Powers? Well, sure. We were married once. Why? She was shot to death last night, Mr. Powers. A Gloria? Yeah. Are you sure? We're sure. Shot? Oh, oh what, 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 what happened? How could a thing like that happen? That's what we're trying to find out, Mr. Powers. I can't believe it. Glory, it did. Have you seen her lately? What? Have you? What? Uh, yes. I saw her last week. We had a drink together. Are you sure it's Glory? We'd make sure before we came here with news like that. That's right. Mr. Dollar here isn't a policeman. He's an insurance investigator. Miss Tierney was wearing a stolen mink coat when it happened. Stolen? Are you sure? We're sure. We checked everything, well, Mr. Gloria Powers. would never steal anything. She was a fine girl. A wonderful girl. Fool to ever let our marriage go on the rocks. Can you come with us, Mr. Powers? We'd like an identification. What? Oh, uh... Yes, of course. I'll, I'll, I'll get my coat. Excuse me. Want to smoke, Johnny? Yeah, thanks. Well, he isn't the bird in the picture, Johnny. No, not at all. Still, he... What is it, Johnny? You checked the driveway out there? No. Take a look, the side window. Uh-oh. Yeah. 55 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Sure is, Sergeant. Johnny Dollar. Long distance operator, Wilmington, Delaware, is calling you. Okay. Go ahead, please. Johnny? I do. Well, this is Don Freed. What's happening there? Your expenses are running away up, and we haven't gotten a report from you. I've been too busy. What's that supposed to mean? That's supposed to mean that the tip I got was good and it was bad. Yes, Gloria Tierney, 1231 East 57th Street, had a mink coat that was stolen from the Todd estate. No, she didn't tell me much about it because she got herself shot down in the street last night. Yes, I'm working with the police here, trying to find out how she comes by the coat. But what I want... Listen, an hour ago, I went out to see an ex-husband of hers. His name's Bill Powers, and he seems to be the bird we're looking for. You know what he did? He cried and blubbered all the way down to the morgue. And he's in there right now, making a positive identification. I don't blame him for crying. So what's new with you, Mr. Expense Accounts? Boy, you're a real man-eater today, aren't you? I sure am. Bye. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Four State Insurance Company, Wilmington, Delaware. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Todd matter. Expense account item eight, 20 cents, aspirin. I bought them in a drugstore across the street from the morgue. I figure I needed them. On the way down in the police car, the ex-husband of Gloria Tierney gave us a very little information about her activities up until the time of her death. After he made the identification, we all walked across the street. Expense account item nine, 30 cents, three cups of coffee. Sergeant Mapes, Bill Powers, and myself. Powers cried a while, then straightened out somewhat. I hope you get whoever... Whoever did this terrible thing, Sergeant. I hope you get him real fast. You sure want to, Mr. Powers. Why would anybody do that to Gloria? Why? 
Maybe you can help us answer that. We hope you can, Mr. Powers. Oh, you. You're just interested in that coat she was wearing. Well, mister, I don't believe she was wearing a stolen coat. What do you think of that? I think that's a pretty fair way to think right now. But it's not very practical since we already have proof that it is a stolen fur and that she was wearing it. Yeah. How about some more coffee? That's cold. What? Oh, no. Look, we're just trying for the facts of the matter, Mr. Powers. I saw Gloria Tierney. I know what kind of a person she was. We have to start somewhere. You can understand that. Yeah, I suppose so. Now, you told us you saw her last week for a drink. That's right. Have you been seeing her right along? Yeah, sure. Even though you were divorced a year or so ago? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know she's been going with someone else, too? Yeah. Bill? Yeah. Bill Chambers. Is that his name, Bill Chambers? Well, yeah, I don't know him, but she talked about him a lot. Here. Take a look at this picture. Is this him? Yeah, that's him. I thought you knew. You're sure this is him? Oh, sure. The picture was in her apartment. I've seen it there. One day I asked her who he was, and Gloria told me about him. Well, what did she tell you about him? She just said she was going out with him. Oh, she told me that he asked her to marry him. She said he had a lot of money. Anything else? Oh, I don't know. Did she happen to mention where he works? No. What kind of work he does? No. Do you know where we can get in touch with him? No, no, I don't know that either. I, I can't help you. I only know she's been going out with him. Hmm. I don't get this. You and her were divorced, but you kept on seeing her. And she got this new boyfriend. And she told you things like that? Yeah. <laughs> Funny, isn't it? Why'd you bust up? Oh, oh, this and that. Kid stuff, I suppose. Spat over this and that. I don't know what exactly. Anyway, we were going to straighten it out. We were going to be married again. Oh, what about this Bill Chambers? No, she didn't want to marry him. She wanted to marry me again, she told me. When? Day before yesterday. She said she... She said she would marry me. Now she's dead. You know what kind of a car Chambers drives? Uh, oh, was a Cadillac. How do you know that? Oh, she told me about his car. Another thing, I went out and I bought one myself just like his. I thought it might do me some good with her. We were crazy, weren't we? Where were you last night? Home. Can you prove it? Oh, yeah. Home. All night. I was home while she was out getting herself killed. The name William Chambers was checked through the New York police files. 24 persons more or less fit the general description of the suspect. It took two days for Sergeant Mapes and his men to track down all the leads. Neither Mrs. Stromberg or Bill Powers could identify any of them. An all-points bulletin was issued describing the suspect in his car. Same results, nothing. On the third day, the pawn shop detail turned up two items that had been taken in the Todd burglary. Uh, there they are, Jenny. Uh-huh. Watch and a ring. Todd lost a watch and a ring with a lot of other stuff. Case numbers in the watch checkout, the ring's engraved. Uh-huh, yeah. Where were they picked up? Shop on 3rd Street. The proprietor bought them yesterday. A man who signed the buy book used the name James Agenian. Phony? Yeah. Gave an address on Polk Street. That was phony, too. 
We got a good description from the proprietor. Fitz Chambers, right down the line. Oh, then he was still in town yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. But this stuff's been on the hot sheet for a long time. If he's had any experience at all, he knew he was taking a chance trying to unload it. Probably trying to raise money to get out of town. What I was thinking. Well, if he keeps on trying to raise money and unload all these things, I'll have all the loot back. If he keeps on trying, we'll keep on trying. Johnny, we're going to get this, baby. Sergeant Mapes. Where? Okay. He does need money. Huh? They found his car. Used car lot up in the Bronx. He sold it at 10 o'clock this morning. At the used car lot, we learned that a man answering the description of William Chambers had driven in that morning and offered a black 55 Cadillac for sale. The used car lot manager had finally settled on a price and made out a check. He reported that Chambers seemed extremely nervous and anxious to make a quick deal. The car was impounded and examined. A full set of fingerprints on the steering wheel and dashboard gave us a positive identification on William Chambers. Oh, what do you know? William Charles, William Carls, William Charles, Walter Cameron. One, two, three, seven aliases. Real name, William Charles. Male, Caucasian, age 33. 178, 61. And let's see, 14 arrests, two convictions. Both car thefts. Hmm. Quite a boy. Well, we got a real tag on him now. Shouldn't be long before we pick him up. Hmm. Doesn't look like a killer, does he, Johnny? I don't know. What's a killer supposed to look like? The search for William Charles continued. Associates and relatives listed in his criminal file were contacted and questioned. All denied knowledge of his whereabouts. In the meantime, two more pieces of stolen property connected with a Todd burglary were recovered by the pawn shop detail. Expense account item 10, $3, one telegram to four state insurance in Wilmington. Explaining our progress in the case and listing the recovered items. Johnny Dollar. Are you interested in finding Bill Charles? Who's this? My name's... Never mind. Do you want him or don't you? Sure I want him. I'm at Traft's restaurant on 42nd off Broadway. Can you meet me? Yeah. Fifteen minutes. I'm in a gray suit, pinstripe. I'll be sitting alone. I'll watch for you. Expense account item 11, 75 cents, cab fare. From my hotel to Schraff's restaurant. A small, pretty brunette woman in nice clothes was seated at a table all alone. She looked more like a housewife on a shopping tour than someone who might be connected with a bandit and a killer. Sit down, Mr. Dollar. Okay, sure. There's a reward posted for William Charles, isn't there? For that Todd matter? That's right, $5,000. Well, I get it if I turn him over to the police. Not all of it. Half of it goes to an ex-convict who tipped me off in the first place. Half? Yes. You don't seem very anxious to get him. Oh, we're anxious. But that's the way it is. This other half of the 5,000 is spoken for. I want to get something else straight. What happens to me? What do you mean? I've known he had a part in that Todd matter for a long while. I haven't said anything. Does that make me a party to it or something? I don't know. Well, this is going to get me in trouble. If I have to spend the money for lawyers to keep out of jail, I don't want any part of it. All right. My company will cover that part. Now, where's Charles? Not so fast. I better have something in writing. Something that says your insurance company will pay me a reward and give me help if I get in trouble. I'll talk to them. I'm thinking of the future. I'm going to have one once this is over. Are you? Yes. Yes, I am. Now, how long will it take you to arrange this? Oh, about an hour. I can do it by phone, I guess. That'll be fine. Who are you? Melva Charles. His wife? Yes, that's right. Twenty-five hundred dollars. Not much for a husband. 
He's not much of a husband. He was once, but then he had to give away a mink coat and spend time away from me. I see. I doubt it. You people hardly ever see anything. We try. You make the arrangements. I'll meet you again in, say, two hours. Two hours. I gave her a 50-second start before I left the table. When I got out on the street, I was just in time to see her climb into a cab. I was trying to hail one to follow her when a black coupe pulled up to the curbing. Come on in, baby. Hey, Mapes. Get in. The light's changing. That is Melva Charles in that cab up there. Yeah, that's who she said she was. She wants to sell you her husband for the reward, doesn't she? Yeah. What's the delay? She wants to be sure she'll be handled right, the money and all. Say, how did you get in on this? <laughs> Very dirty trick, baby. Everybody my men questioned about Charles mentioned your name, where you were staying, and what interest the insurance company had in this matter. Somebody was bound to look you up, especially Mrs. Charles. So we've kept an eye on you. Now where are we, Sergeant? Her name was Melva Thaler before she married Charles. Her old man had a pot of money back in Minnesota. But she couldn't keep out of trouble and got herself disinherited. Money's always been her problem. Isn't it everybody's problem? Not the way it is with her. You should see her record. How much you offer her? Half. The other's spoken for. $2,500. Well, Charles is no good to her now. If he sticks his head out, he'll get caught. So she might as well cash in what she can on him. Hmm. Nice people, huh? Swell. Uh-oh, she's leaving the cab. Get down to the corner and park. Can you see her? She went into the apartment building. Let's go. Which apartment, Johnny? Here we go. Right. Nowhere. Beats me. Just a minute, Johnny! Uh, what? Before I went down, I heard it go off a couple more times. It must have been six inches from my head. My eyes couldn't see, and my feet couldn't move. But I could hear. Johnny! Hold on! Hold on, baby! Dollar. Hi, baby. Dan Mapes. Glad they gave you a telephone in your room. Yeah, that's the only thing good about it. Well, hospitals are designed to make a man impatient. You're a pretty lucky fella at that. Let me tell you about your operation. Yeah, please do. You stopped two slugs. They pried one out of your neck and another one out of your rib cage. Missed your heart by a snake's whisker. I was luckier than Gloria Tierney. Yeah, yes you were. I'm on my way up to see you. Don't run out on me. Oh. Fat chance. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Four State Insurance Company, Wilmington, Delaware. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Todd matter. Expense account item 11, $3.05, breakfast. I got mad at the nurse when she brought in a bowl of hot cereal and a glass of milk. So I bribed an orderly to slip across the street and get me a tray of bacon and eggs. I was just finishing same when up came Sergeant Mapes. He looked haggard and tired and worried. You nearly got it for good, baby. I got enough of it. You sure did. What do you remember, if anything? Well, 
We tailed Melva Charles to an apartment house. We stepped inside, and somebody began trying to kill me. And that's when I left town. Yeah, it was quite a mess. Coroner had a real job in his hands. Yeah. Hey, how about you? Not a scratch. Coroner, did you say? Yeah. Melva Charles got it. Her husband stuffed a butcher knife in her back. That was for trying to sell him out to you. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he thought he was worth more than $2,500. Maybe. A man named Henderson, who happened to be walking down the hall at the wrong minute, took three in the head. He was dead before he hit the floor. woman on the street got hit, not too bad. Two people outside, just getting into a car, got cut up pretty bad when bullets smashed their windshield. You keeping track of all this? I'm trying to. This all happened after we got there, huh? Yeah. You see, when you and I walked in there, William Charles had just finished killing his wife. He saw us and began pumping. You got hit, and I pumped back at him. You get him? Yeah, but... Not till he had shot up everybody else. He's on the floor above you, hanging on by a hair. He knew his ticket was up, and he just didn't care. It's my fault you're here, baby. I'd I'd have rather cut off my arm than get you in on this. What do you mean? Well, tagging you and going after her. I didn't use my head. You know what? What? <laughs> I still think you're a pretty good copper, Mapes. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Here, I uh, brought you a book of poetry. Poetry? Read. Take it easy. We'll be talking again soon. I felt awful. Sergeant Mapes dropped in later that afternoon, but I was half asleep. Vaguely, I remember they wheelchaired me down the hall for x-rays and lab tests. Expense account item 12, 10 cents, the morning paper. The story of the shooting was splashed all over page one and the solution to the Gloria Tierney killing in part. Slugs from William Charles' gun were matched with those that had killed Gloria Tierney. No mention was made of any loot from the Todd burglary being found in the Charles apartment. Between back rubs and sleeping pills, I worried about that. I didn't worry too much about the fact that William Charles, killer, gunman, burglar, was dying in the room directly above me. About midnight, Mafe showed up with a wheelchair. There we are. Now, you all ready to go up and see what he has to say? Yeah, sure, I guess so. I still have to finish my job. Uh, let's take it easy now. All right. Hey, a week. Busy. That won't last long. There. Now, here we go, baby. It was the second time within a week I'd been in a hospital room with a dying person. The first one had been a young and beautiful woman who had been shot by the man who now lay dying of police bullets. What did they... What did they say? You know what they say, Charles. You haven't got a prayer. I didn't mean to kill Gloria. I didn't mean it at all. I want you to know that. You took a lot of pains to do it. I was there, remember? Yeah, I remember. Sorry. Been doing pretty good with those... Those house jobs... Todd Place, another one in St. Louis. Do all right. Enough to buy a nice car, live in a decent place, get around a little bit. Work all along. Met her. I liked her, wanted to marry her. I did. Really did. You already had a wife. You think I'm kidding? I gave her a mink coat, didn't I? Thought that it cinched. She didn't want to take it. Told me she was going to marry some other guy. 
Some guy she'd been married to before. I got mad. I came back that night, let her have it. That all? <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's it. That's it, mister, you take it or leave it. How did you meet her? <laughs> Mutual friend. What friend? Ah, uh, none of your business. All right, this is my business. Where's the rest of the stuff? What stuff? The stuff you took from the Todd place. Where have you got it? <laughs> oh, what's funny? You, you think I'd tell you that? Oh, what's the difference now? Uh, <laughs> Come on, what's the difference now? Oh, it's a laugh, kiddo. You know what? I'd die before I tell you. <laughs> he died, and he didn't tell me. Not a word. Later, a private ambulance took me from police emergency hospital to my hotel room. Three days after that, I was able to get back on my feet. I went right down to Mapes' office at headquarters. How do you feel? Ah, better now. Boy, you sure look lousy. Here, sit down, baby. All right, thanks. Should you be out of bed? Yeah, sure, sure. You're lying and you know it. I suppose so. Well, how's it going? You mean have we located the rest of the stuff? No, not a lick of it. <laughs> Funny guy, wasn't he? He had his last laugh. Well, you shouldn't be worrying about this stuff now. You ought to be taking care of yourself. I am. I'm sitting here helping you worry. I'm not worried about anything. You're worried about the same thing I am. Where's all the rest of the Todd stuff? Oh, uh, it'll turn up somewhere. Why, Mr. Dollar. Hello, Mrs. Stromberg. I read about what happened to you in the papers. I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry. Oh, well, I'm better now. Well, come in. Come in, please. Thanks. Say, you, you'd better sit down, Mr. Dollar. I'll get you a cup of coffee. Uh, do you have any bourbon? Why, yes, I think so. All right, so. I'll take that. Well, all right. Is water okay? Yeah, sure, fine. Should you be out of bed, Mr. Dollar? You know, everybody asks that. No, no, I shouldn't, and yet I should well, here you are. Oh, thanks. Well, here's cheers. Remember the night Gloria was shot? Of course, very well. You know, I've been worried about that night. Huh? Uh-huh. Remember I came over here and I told you I was in the insurance business and you said you'd have her call me when she came in? Yes. Well, I remember pretty clearly you said you'd have her call me when she came in, not if you saw her come in. Yes, did I? Uh-huh. You saw to it that she called me, Mrs. Stromberg. You also saw to it that she wasn't here to meet me when I got here. She was out, out there somewhere. Because by then you knew I was an insurance investigator. I don't understand you, Mr. Dollar. You what are you trying to say? You sent her out so he could take care of her. And you were waiting in the hall for me. Waiting for you? Why, no, I happened to see you and I wondered You what... wondered what kind of cock and bull story you could give me to get rid of me. That's silly. They sound that way. Yeah, that's a good drink. But not so silly if you knew that coat she was wearing was stolen and that I was after it and her. How would I possibly know that? Because you introduced her to one of your friends one night and he went overboard for her. And eventually he gave her that little present. Are you saying that I had anything to do with Gloria's trouble? Yeah. Why, that's silly. Oh, here's something sillier. 
A small-time burglar and thief lay in a hospital bed yesterday and wouldn't tell me how he met Gloria Tierney. Oh, he was a real gallant one, this bird. He killed an innocent girl because she was wearing a mink coat and might tell me who gave it to her. Mr. Dollar. He shot up two or three people in an apartment, including me. He got shot himself. He knew he was dying. But a simple thing like telling me how he met her wouldn't come out. He wouldn't tell me that for anything. Now, where could he meet her? Was he her kind? Did he go in the same circles? Did he? Nah. He was introduced by a mutual friend, Mrs. Stromberg. You, the manager of the apartment house. No. Something else he wouldn't tell me. What happened to the rest of the loot from the Todd burglary? Two things he wouldn't tell me. He didn't have to when I sat down and thought it out. You've been working with him right along. You've been keeping all the stuff here. That's fantastic. Not so fantastic at all, Mrs. Stromberg, when you think that his wife, and she was a girl who'd do anything for money, they tell me, was willing to sell him to me for 2500 bucks. <laughs> 2500 bucks. when there's still over $60,000 worth of loot from the Todd burglary lying around. She didn't know where it was, but you do, Mrs. Stromberg. Hmm. Well, if you say I do, I do. Now what? Let's go down to Sergeant Mapes. Oh, no, I... I'd like a good excuse to use this. Yes. Suppose you would. If I can't charm you or plead with you, can I buy you? You could have prevented her death. You practically ordered it. What is it you want? You. Behind bars. You're silly, but I'll go. For a while, it did look silly. Mapes and his men searched the apartment house from top to bottom and found no trace of the Todd loot. That is, until they found a movable cement block in the basement. Well, the Todd matter ended with a 90% recovery of the stolen items. About $70,000 in cents. In lives... Gloria Tierney, one innocent bystander, and William Charles. For me, let's see. Expense account item 14, $162.30. Hotel and board, one in New York. Item 15, $17.40. Airfare and incidentals back to Hartford. Item 18, $230. Miscellaneous. Expense account total, $1,095. Remarks, nil. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Remember, there'll be another intriguing story for you beginning next Monday night. Next week, a music lesson on a priceless Amati violin. Music and mystery and danger. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by John Dawson, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in this week's cast were Vivi Janis, Barbara Fuller, Shirley Mitchell, Lawrence Dobkin, Frank Gerstle, and Marvin Miller. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Roy Rowan speaking.
Welcome back. Well, a bit of a melancholy case. Uh, John Abbott, in his book, The Who is Johnny Dollar Matter, notes that uh, this was actually a combination of uh, two stories. Uh, the story uh, incorporates parts of the Rochester theft matter, uh, which was where most of the uh, story elements came from. However, the conclusion is adapted from the Baltimore matter, both of which were John Lund stories. You can definitely appreciate the frustration that Johnny and Mapes have, particularly with the man who hit her being named Bill. And I find it perfectly believable that both her ex-husband as well as her suitor were each named Bill. It is such a common name. And it's not just folks who are named William. I have seen some folks who are known as Bill and their first and middle names are nothing like William. And I'm like, how did you get Bill out of that? Thankfully, they were able to get a few breaks. Uh, and of course, Johnny definitely uh, feeling this on an emotional level as evidenced by the uh, drinking bad drink session with Mapes. I, I'm kind of dubious on how productive they were the rest of their time together. And then that really testy call with the insurance agent. And really, I kind of put that on uh, the agent or how badly that ended. Because this guy called Johnny up in the middle of a case to harangue him about the expense account. And then Johnny gives a pretty testy but a succinct and complete report as what's going on. And the guy's like, boy, you're a real man killer. And he told you why, so maybe lay off. Of course, Mapes continued to be a great character. Definitely not perfect, but really interesting, and the way that he and Johnny played off each other was great. I know some people might be annoyed by the verbal tick, you know, the baby thing, but I, I think that it's just a manner of speaking. And it's believable. It's not like one of the more follow Vance sort of Boston Blackie things, which could get irritating. But again, your mileage may vary. And I thought the solution was also really clever. Because I didn't remember this particular story. So I had no idea how Johnny was going to tie it together. But it was a very well thought out solution. I was a little dubious, like, did he really have enough evidence that they could realistically get a warrant for this big search? But I think it's at least plausible for a radio detective story. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Paul, Patreon supporter since April of 2020. Currently supporting the program at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Paul. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying the podcast, please follow us with your favorite podcast software. If you're listening via YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. All those great things that help the channel to grow. 
We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. But join us back here tomorrow for Tales of the Texas Rangers, where... 10-4. KDXA Austin. Howdy, Sheriff. Howdy, Jace. Howdy's right down here. I understand you knew this fellow. Yeah, I knew him. Bob Dixon was the finer man you'd want to meet. There's the body, Jace. How did you happen to know him? He had a newspaper bundle out between Houston and Waco. I used to see him in diners along the road. He was a great coffee drinker, just like me. We got to be pretty good friends, meeting like that every week or so. Uh-huh. You located the car he was driving? Well, I thought it was found about 15 minutes ago, but it turned out to be a false alarm. Uh, I checked his pockets, Jace. Empty? Cleaned out. Pretty clear case of robbery. Bullets entered his head from the right side. These powder burns means he was shot at close range. Yeah, well, I figured it was somebody who was riding with him. Was he in the habit of picking up people? Yeah, he had some kind of arrangement with the travel agencies down in Houston. He used to carry a passenger or two with him almost every night. Yeah, we better check with those agencies, see if they can tell us who rode with Dixon last night. Well, as far as I know about those places, sometimes they keep a record of customers' names and sometimes they don't. Uh-huh. Well, right now, it's the only lead we've got. Sounds like my call. Better see what they want. You know, Dixon was always talking about his wife and kid. Never seen a man so proud of his family. I'd sure like to get my hands on the one who did this. KTXA to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, KTXA. Car registered to Robert Dixon of Waco has been located by Highway Patrol near Farm Road 42, three miles south of Colby. 10-4, Unit 10 clear. KTXA Austin. Huh. That ought to give us something to go on. Yeah, let's get over there. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.